Gates. Mystery. Monsters. Mayhem. Are we, are we recording? We're recording we'll now. Go. We're yeah, going now. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah, I got... Oh, God. I got my yeah. beans. Yeah? You got your Mio. I got my Mio flavored fruit punch. What is this? You can't call this... I'm sitting Native American style. In, you're sitting indigenous lap style. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. I'm taking these off. I don't feel nice having my okay. shoes on your couch. You, fuck it. I don't care. I, <laughs> I lay in here naked. Oh. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a clean boy. But a dirty man. <laughs> <laughs> Tom knows. <laughs> All right, Tom, high five. He doesn't care. Shit that cat has seen will turn you white. Yeah, that's why he has that look of uh, a Vietnam vet. Mm. Um, and he does that thousand mile stare. Yeah, that's the look. <laughs> yeah. He's, <laughs> he's looking. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That one. Uh, you good boy, Tom Selleck. <laughs> good boy. Yeah. So, uh,. Yeah, so this is another episode here. Yeah. It's exciting. It is. It is exciting because it's been one month. Pretty much. Since our last episode. I mean, also since we've like seen each other. uh, Yeah, it's been, it's like, uh, uh, and you know what? Yeah. A lot has happened in a month. Yeah, how was your month? Well, (laughs) (laughs) I'll just, let's just jump into it. I'll get my personal life out of the way and that's, it's fine to talk about. Hey, I had a month too, okay? We'll talk about mine after yours. Unless you want to go. I just, you know, I watched Train Spotting this month. I love, <laughs> I love Train Spotting. I watched Train Spotting too. Uh, Train Spotting two was much better than I thought it was going to be. Oh my god, dude! That last shot where he's like, he finally is able to listen to uh, Iggy Pop's "Less for Life." <laughs> just brought it full circle. Oh, well, and then it matches like when he's doing that heroin shot. No, I didn't but it's know. like then he just starts dancing. I'm like, fuck, this is cool. It was pretty cool, <laughs> man. I, I did enjoy. I actually watched Train Spotting two a few times because it was on one of the streaming yeah. services for free, and I was like, "All right, I'll give it a go." And uh, I was surprised. Yeah, yeah, it was right. Good. It has it's better. It's way better than it has any right to be. Um, also, I discovered some sweet music from that movie, and yeah. that is the Rubber. Oh, what the fuck is that group called? It's that Irish uh, rap group. Oh yeah. And yeah. they, they sing about my dad's best friend. I've been doing a lot of Scottish, walking around the house. <laughs> I love talking like a Scot. It ain't? That's great, man. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think for this episode, I'm going to talk entirely Scottish. Everything's posed as a question. It ain't. That's true. Right? <laughs> Even if it's a statement. Even if you say great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you saying great? Right. You, yeah? Right. No? Ah. Uh, for fuck's sake, Tom. Hi, the look of you, Tom. Hey, Jesus. No, that's, that's actually Irish. Hey, yeah. Jesus. Right. Uh, oh, speaking of Irish. Uh, Anywho, that movie fucking rules. It does. Yeah. It was Robert really... Carlyle, way scarier. Uh, He's be- terrifying. Yeah. Bagby's, uh, apparently there's a third. A what? <laughs> Sorry. Tom Selleck is playing with something. Tom, what are you doing over there? That's a cat, Tom Selleck. He's Tom. having a good time. Uh, there's a third story, actually, I read. And oh. It, and it focuses strictly on Begbie. Ooh. And I, I have not read it. I probably won't because it's Irving Welsh, and that dude is as Scottish as Scottish can be. Right, right, right. Uh, but I, from what it's like I, Clockwork Orange, like you just the, yeah. you got to have a glossary to fit. God damn it, Tom! From, from, <laughs> from what I gathered, uh, 
Begbie ends up coming to terms with how much of an asshole he is. Mm. Like, something happens, and he ends up actually becoming a good guy, but oh. it takes a whole lifetime for him to do that. All right. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It'd be, I'd love it if they did a third one, but... Yeah. be cool. Yeah. They're, um... The Blink Check podcast is doing all the Danny Boyle films right now, so... Okay. I've been thinking about Danny Boyle a lot. Yeah, I would love more train spotting, but I, I'll recommend a movie that I watched the other day, because I was bored, and uh, it's Irish... Oh, right and on theme. It's on. Uh, it's on. It's on H. <laughs> it's on HBO Max. Nailed it. First try. Hell yeah. First try. HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hobo Max. Uh, it's called the Banshees of oh, Sharon. Yeah, yeah. I I knew nothing of this film going in. Oh, uh, it's kind of like the spiritual sequel to In Bruges. Okay, it's the I, same guy, same team. I just knew that it had um, uh, what's his name from Twenty Eight Days Later. Yes. Um, Speaking of Danny Boyle. Domal Gleason. Yeah. And then I saw the Brendan Colin, Gleason. Brendan Gleason. Yeah, I yeah. forget. Domal's his son. Yeah. Uh, and then it has uh, Colin Farrell, and I thought, well, fuck it, I'll give, I'll give it a go. We're oh, in the midst of a Farrell sauce. It's also got, um, and I'm going to screw up his last name, Barry Keowen. Oh, yeah. No, I think he did it, actually. Yeah? Okay. I think that's right. So, uh, it was really good. Yeah. It's, I haven't seen it yet. It's a tromedy. Yeah. So was in Bruges. So, it's, there are some generally awful scenes and some funny scenes it balances it quite well mm, I need to watch it it was good yeah I feel like I gotta be in a you mood you have to do it with subtitles though I made it through train spotting <sighs> man okay but I like I'm used one to, and two I'm used to Scottish like yeah. I, I could listen to Scots I could listen to the Scots yeah and but there were some names pronounced in this Irish film that even like as I tried to read them could I could <laughs> not figure them out well, I mean, you can barely say HBO Max. I know. So. <laughs> but uh, I do recommend The Banshees of Inisherin. All right. It's good. So, um, but yeah, that's all movies aside. Let's get back to the personal lives. Okay. The personal sure. lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, this was, man, I, I long for simplicity. Um, <laughs> I long for just, uh, just mediocrity, I guess. I don't know. I'm just, I, that's kind of where I operate. Most, okay. most of the time. So, within a span of two weeks, this is what happened to me. Yeah. Um, I, I'll try to keep the specifics. So, I found out that a family member had cancer. Um, and and this family member was going for chemo. And apparently, the cancer was in remission, so all looked good. And then they decided to go out and, you know, do stuff, experience life. And then they, uh, they got COVID and died. So... That was awkward because, I mean, it's sad they passed away, but it's also, I don't want to turn it political, but it's like, kids, get vaccinated if you can, because right. well, probably would still be here. She also didn't think COVID existed. I think she did. <laughs> okay. She just, I don't think she took it seriously because she right. she leaned towards the Trump side of things. Gotcha. Uh, towards the Trump narrative. Right. But again... She probably, you know, would still be here. And so, sadly, I went to a funeral. It was awkward and sad. Because um, it's also a side of the family that you're not, like, it's, tight I, with. I love my family. You you do because they're blood. But, I you know. I don't that feeling. Like, yeah, go on. You're right. <laughs> um, they're far more conservative than I am. And that's not a bad thing. But it, it's just hard to relate to them. And I'm sure it's hard for them to relate to me. I'm sure I'm a fucking weirdo to them. So you're taking the, you're taking a high road here, man. You're I am trying doing way better. It's because this these past few weeks have just been punching me in the face. Shite, they've been yeah, shite. They've been absolute fucking shite, man. <laughs> yeah. 
question mark? Yeah. I, so then I came home and that was like kind of a whole, it was long and drawn out. Like I had to rent a car. I had to drive up to Michigan to pick my mom up. And then we had to drive back to Indiana for the funeral. And then from there I drove back home to Illinois. I mean, it was a lot of driving. It's the tri-state area. It was. You got all of them. I went to Illinois, Indiana, Michigan. Yeah. All in a span of. Uh, Three days? Two days? No, two days. Yeah. Yeah, a little over 24 hours. That's a drive. It was a lot. Yeah. And then, come home, and a few days later, I uh, sat down with uh, my special lady, and we had a talk, and, and it's fine to talk about this publicly, because, you know, some people know, some people don't. Uh, we had a talk. After 11 years of being together, we decided to separate. So, that happened. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. There was no drama. There was not like a giant fight. Nobody did anything awful. It was just like two adults sat down, examined everything and realized that we are not the same people that we used to be. Two people should not. It's like people should not get married because you have a fucking kid. Right. That's awful. And so you shouldn't stay together. Be shouldn't stay together. <laughs> exactly. So we decided let's do the responsible thing and separate. So now I'm in like. After 11 years of being with somebody, I'm a single man, man. Yeah. I'm a single man, baby. It's a nightmare factory out there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's the worst. I don't know. And I kept thinking, like, what do I do? Oh, I mean, I, I'm doing what I always do. I'm still writing music, playing music, making art, doing the podcast. But it's like, as far as, like, uh, relationships or friendships, I'm like, so do I go out now? What do I What do? I, do? Mm. I don't know. I can't help you with that. Yeah, one. I don't know, man. Uh, I have no idea what's... And then I thought... I, th- I talked to you briefly. I'm like... What do I have to offer people? Look, to be fair, okay, we don't talk briefly. Our phone calls are at least an hour long. It's true. <laughs> I intend for our phone calls to be very brief, sure, like sure. 10 minutes But tops. then we get into it. There's a lot of voices, just yeah. weird stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I've been single the majority of the time. You've known me. Yeah. How long have we been doing this? I don't know. A lifetime. What year was that first uh, PopCon? That was, a long, that was a long time ago. I don't remember. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> that was early, early times of uh, me getting out there into the convention scene. So, I don't know. Um, it had to be like, oh, eight. Yeah. Like, uh, going out, I would always go out with Katrina, and that's nice because you always have somebody, like, a, to be with. But now yeah. I'm like, fuck, if I go out, I'm by myself. I have to talk to people? Right. They're not going to want to hear about the Micronauts. <laughs> They're not going to want to hear about the Sectors, the toys from the 80s. Right. You know? But did she want to hear about the Micronauts? <laughs> You have to ask or, her that. And the toys from the I 80s. don't know. Oh, I'm not sure. Because I feel like when she talked, when you talked about it, she kind of glazed over. I could tell because yeah. we would, she and I would share a look. Right. Like we're both in a different place mentally. Yeah. We yeah. trauma bond. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I think I'm just going to stick to uh, writing songs, writing music, doing art. Basically the same thing. Yeah, your good friend Core's Banquet will get you through this. I uh, Yes. <laughs> And I have now started saying the phrase, well, of course. Oh. Um, I liked it, you know. Yeah, that's going to keep you single. I definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I think I'm close to actually doing a band thing, which is kind of exciting. A guy that I know who's a, a very good guitarist. We've been talking about music back and forth and... I sent him stuff, and he sent me some stuff. So, who knows? Maybe, maybe St. James and the Fallen will materialize. I mean... And I'll sing songs about cores. Yeah. I mean, that is that is the way for the the, the dark deity St. James 2 appears to materialize. <laughs> <laughs> From the ether. From the ether. From the hills and the hollers. Yeah. 
Ah, so that's, you need to you know. come up with a good backstory for him. Uh, I, I will. Like, I will. He's like a coal miner, like the ghost of a coal miner. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I also forgot. Got my own bank account recently. Yeah. That was at an- the ripe age of uh... <laughs> middle age. <laughs> we'll just say middle age. Cool. Um, cool. And that turned out to be an awful experience because the bank. I don't. I don't know how they did this. The bank gave me, you know, an account number, routing number, and the account number that they gave me did not exist. Yeah, it they just kind of made up some shit, and we're like, that's you now. But it's all computer generated, so I don't know how that happened. So I've been giving my financial information to, like, my credit card companies, PayPal, all that, to an account that doesn't exist. So yeah. I've got payments that are out there that are supposed to come to me, to my new bank account. We'll see. Well, you know what old Jack Burton says in a time like this? <laughs> What is Jack Burton saying at a time like this? Check is in the mail. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it is. It's out there. As yeah. you, it's out there. That's the mail part. In the ether. Yeah, that's the that's the in the mail in part. In the cloud. Also, I think that's how I'm going to start f- finishing episodes now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm just going to say, you know what old Jack Burton says on a time like this? And then I just throw it to the guests and they have to come <laughs> up with some say, words of wisdom. And they'll say, shut up, Mr. Burton. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> You're not brought into this world to get it. Never have, never will. Um, how do you segue that into werewolves? Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll just jump right in. So that's what's going on with me. That's what's going on with you. Yeah. Welcome everybody to another exciting episode of M3 with E5. That's Mystery Monsters and Mayhem. I'm your host Epion Five, and joining me as always is Brian Aerosol Pro. That's me. I'm here to edit the episode. I love getting excited. <laughs> I like doing the intro. I like saying your name. It's Aerosol weird. Pro. It's weird. Um. What was our last one? What did we do last? It was like a, an update of just the year. That's right. Year in review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 scene. Yes. And we mentioned- That was what, a good episode. It turned out way better than I thought. And yeah. I saw I got some feedback from people who enjoyed it. Sean Stuller, actually. Oh, yes. Good friend of the show, Sean Stuller, actually called me. Friend of the pod. Yeah. To tell me that he, he was very proud that you didn't interrupt me a lot. Oh. It was meant to be a compliment. Um, well, he's not good at that. <laughs> I, t- I told him, no, but he, do- he does, he loves your sense of humor, actually. And I was like, you know what? I think when he's in town, we should get him on the show as a guest, the three of us in yeah. a room. And then we should both just interrupt him. We'll- <laughs> Constantly. Oh, you fucking hate that. <laughs> also, uh, we should intentionally say things that are wrong because he would inevitably feel the need to correct us. Yeah, sometimes I do it to you and yeah. it's really fun. Yeah, doing it to him's great because he gets this vein in his forehead that just pops out. It's awesome. He gets this look on his face where he just kind of shakes his head and it's like, mm. yeah, it's good. You do that too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But in that last episode, though, the the catch-up episode, the year in review, we talked about what this episode was going to be. Yeah. This was an episode that I planned a while ago. It's one of the original topics that I thought about doing. It's been on the short list for a hot minute. Yeah, th- and I wanted to postpone this one, though, because there is a bit of uh, research to it. And, and I, I hope it's not going to be an hour, 30-minute-long episode, but probably it will be. It will it's, be. Gonna be. it's fine. <laughs> but... Uh, actually, I wrote up a script. So I'm going to pull the script out here. Let's get it going. Yeah. So. Yeah. Today, Brian, Aerosol Pro. Yeah. We are going to be talking about one of the most fascinating cases of murder, mystery, and mayhem. Oh. And I know. I oh. Yeah. Very new, nice. New M3. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, very nice. 
but unlike past episodes that focused on mythical creatures and events that didn't actually exist or happen, that were most likely just owls, or <laughs> the occasional rhinoceros, as in the case of Mokele Mbembe, whoop whoop. Yeah. Can I get a yub nub? You can get a yub nub. Sweet, thank y- you. Yub nub. Thank or a broken arrow. Broken arrow, yeah. That's yeah. the possibility. Not the film. Not the film <laughs> and not a Flatwoods monster, but possibly a missile. Yeah. This particular monster in question actually did exist. So I guess it really wouldn't be in question, but this monster did exist. And not only was it real, it killed a lot of people. At one point, it was believed that this beast had killed about 500 people. I think those numbers might be wrong. And actually, you're right. Because, <laughs> however... Because they didn't have science back then. They didn't know. They had <laughs> science, but it was pretty weird. Yeah. You know. Um, however, looking back at various articles, the actual number was really around 100 people. I thought you were going to just be like five. No, no. It, no, it was actually about 100 people. Yeah. Uh, the reason they did the 500, there was a lot of sensationalism regarding this case and the mm. reports of the beast. And I'll get into that later as well. The beast. The beast. The beast. But what is really fascinating about this beast is that we actually don't know what it was. We know it existed. We know it killed and attacked a lot of people, but we have no idea as to the actual identity of the monster. So what the hell am I talking about? I'm going to tell you today we are talking about the Beast of Gévaudan. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of words that you pronounce wrong in this one. Yeah, and then be like, if there's some echo on that, fuck yeah, man, that's metal. Yeah. I will say this, yeah. (laughs) So I did did get that right. I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. The Beast of Gévaudan. But before we get into it. I was giving a room for the echo. I know, thank you. Before we get into it, I'm going to acknowledge some sources. Yeah. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah, Wikipedia. <laughs> Straight up Wikipedia, An article from All That's Interesting. And, for credibility, an article from the Smithsonian. Ooh. Yes, so you know that everything I say... Fancy boy. Pink, pinkies up, boys. Wow. Yes, everything is legit. Mm. Too legit. The Smithsonian... Will never quit. They would never quit. No. They have good Unless funding. they lose they great, their funding, no, but that's funding. fine. They're not going to. Okay. So, <laughs> let's get into it. Yeah. Let's get into the Beast of Gévaudan. The time frame is the year 1764 to 1767. The place? France. More specifically, a southern region in France known as Gévaudan, as you pointed out. There's a lot of French names in here. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. If you're French, I apologize, because I... I can't fucking get these names right. It's gonna, I, it's yeah, you awful. should apologize for other stuff to the French. I but. should, but I won't. <laughs> right. uh, so I will try to pronounce it as best I can. I'll probably just end up doing like a bad French accent. It's fine. Yeah, oh yeah. That's yeah, going yeah, to happen. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited for it. it. So, but to fully understand the grasp and the terrifying hold that the Beast of Gévaudan had on the nation of France. You gonna do that every time? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We need to take a brief look at the status of France at that time in the 1700s. Shit. It was pure shit. Actually, you're right. In short, (laughs) it was a miserable time to be France. Um, We are from France. We are from... Yeah, thank you. 
It's Aaron. Uh, That's Coneheads. Yeah, nobody's going to get that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll get it. Yeah. Sean will get it. That's for That's him. it. So, uh, so in France, the Seven Years' War had just ended one year prior to 1764, with the nation of France suffering many defeats and losses at the hands of the Prussians and the British. Not only did they lose many overseas territories, but they also lost all of Canada. Fucking lost Canada. Ooh, ooh, nobody wants to lose Canada. Exactly. Canada's awesome. The Brits still have Canada. Yeah. No, they're never going to let it go. Never. But as a result of these numerous losses and the general negative impact that the war had upon the nation, the economic and financial situation in France was quite dire. The king at the time... Like a dire wolf. Like a dire wolf. Like a dire wolf. Damn yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this episode is all metal. This yeah. episode fucking metal, man. Yeah. Uh, the king at the time, Louis the Fifteenth, wasn't looking so good in the eyes of his people. And for lack of a better term, Louis really needed a win. Was he the fat one? I thought they were all fat. Okay. I just cool. assumed kings have so much money. <laughs> yeah. Just fat pigs. Yeah. They're just eating turkey legs. Twenty-four Fuck by yeah. seven. All okay. that turkey juice running down their fat fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh. Louis, he really needed something that the people of France could rally behind. Something to occupy their time, to occupy their minds, and distract them from the dismal state that France was in. Yeah. And speaking of the king, he was actually in charge of deciding what the newspapers could and could not print. Mm. More specifically, political news was heavily censored by the king. So newspapers were desperate for content. They needed information. They needed articles. Uh, they needed... Something to entertain the population. So a newspaper at that time, a newspaper called the... Fuck, here we go. (laughs) Fuck. A newspaper at that time called the Courier de Avignon. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Started pushing a new type of article called Fights Diverse, which are simply stories of everyday incidents and Mm, happenings that take place in random small backwater villages. And these small incidents were usually articles pertaining to crime, which brings up an interesting point. Um, last guys on the podcast. Fuck, what are they called? Last guys on the left. <laughs> fuck! <laughs> last podcast on the left. Thank you. They always L-T-O-T-L. Talk, thank you. Yeah. They always talk about like true crime. Like people yeah. like, why are you talking why, about true, why true crime? Why now? now? Why now? It's always it's been. It's always been. Humanity yeah. has never changed. Hey, do you think to spice up the, the scene and to get eyes off of him, you think uh, Louis just was like, just airdropping wolves? It was just like Operation Dobo Drop with some wolves here. I was like, let them figure it out while we're doing some shit. You're not far off, actually, <laughs> from some theories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're, 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 you're thinking, a, you're doing a good, man. You're thinking ahead. Thinking it's ahead the plot of Cocaine Bear. Yeah, no, it is, yeah, basically. <laughs> but with a dire wolf. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, Louis, yeah, you know, they were no just, way, they, no they wanted to report basically all the all the crime that people were doing. Like, who's killing who? Out yeah. The, who's killing who out in the country? But now. As for the beast and why it's called the Beast of Gévaudan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that title simply refers to the specific region that the beast committed its numerous acts of murder and dismemberment. And mayhem. And mayhem. Yeah. Gévaudan is an area located in southern France and can best be described in a quote from historian J.M. Smith, author of the book Monsters of Gévaudan, The Making of a Beast. Smith says, now I know Smith isn't French, but I'm going to do it French because it's fun. Hi, man. (laughs) (laughs) Just discredit him completely. 
Just make him some backwoods hills <laughs> and holler bullshit. Hey, no, Smith said, hey, it, uh, it had a reputation uh, for being a remote, isolated backwater where the forces of nature had not been fully tamed, where the forests were indeed enchanted. <laughs> so, uh, you basically got yourself a spooky countryside full of poor people, hills, forests, cows, and sheep. Oh, which, yeah. oddly enough, kind of sounds like rural Indiana. Married with like a lot of like folklore and myth- yeah, mythology. Yeah, there's and yeah, a lot yeah. of a- ancient beliefs. Well, back then would have just been beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> True, yeah, true. Because yeah. time. Yeah, time. That's how that works. Yeah. Uh, needless to say, it was here in Jevaudan that the beast first struck in 1764. The first recorded attack. Now, I should point out, that's recorded. So it yeah. could have well been doing its thing before. Oh, this. yeah, it was fucking shit up. You yeah. didn't even know. But the first recorded attack happened in early summer on the eastern side of Jevaudan. A young teenage woman was alone. And tending to a herd of cattle. Oh, hey, I'm all alone out here. <laughs> tending my cattle. <laughs> Hope no wolf attacks me. Uh, she noticed a strange creature nearby that was stalking her. <gasps> What's that? And when it charged to attack her, luckily for her, her, her? Oh, the horror! <laughs> the bulls within the herd of cattle charged oh. back at the creature, scaring it away. Now, the beast did try to attack a second time, but the bulls would not relent and ultimately drove the beast away. I'm doing like a soundscape. I know, it's awesome. (laughs) Okay, cool. In a report of the incident, the young woman described the beast as, quote, Like a wolf, yet not a wolf. (laughs) And now, speaking of cows... Yeah. Speaking of cows, I'm going to yeah. throw this story in. I grew up on a farm. Yeah. This was probably really stupid of me as a kid, <sighs> but I used to go into the pasture where we had cows, and we only had- Hey, you stupid cow? Yeah. <laughs> we only had, like, one bull. All yeah. the other all the other males were castrated. And uh, I would build stick forts out in the middle of this pasture of cows, and like a fuck, I would go out there and play with the calves. Okay. And then the mom cows would be like, hey- don't you be playing with my calf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they charge me. Yeah. And then I go in my stick fort and be like, I'm in my stick fort. Oh, uh, yeah. What the fuck are you going to do, cow? Cows are profoundly stupid. And then they would just stare at me. And yeah. I did that all day. Define. Can you run through what a stick fort is exactly? <laughs> it's just sticks that are standing <laughs> up. <laughs> Kind of leaning against each other. Okay. Like yeah. a lean-to? Yeah. So, I really didn't offer any kind of protection if the cow was like, I could just walk through right there. Right. Yeah, so. Right. But that's Cows are dumb. They're very dumb. They're very cute, though. I call them prairie puppies. Okay. <laughs> they're actually quite smart. And, and like, you, you, they're like dogs. You, you yeah, can, yeah. You can, dogs are dumb, too. Remember well, we talked can, about that earlier. Dogs, they can be smart. Sure. But cows can be, uh, you can, like... Play ball with him and stuff. Yeah, and they yeah, get yeah. happy. It's fun. Yeah. That's why I call them prairie puppies. Okay. <laughs> the big prairie puppies. So. Yeah. Shortly thereafter, however, we had our first recorded fatal attack. Oh. Yes. In late June, a 14-year-old girl named Jean Boulet. Wait, what's the what's that girl's name that got hit by that golf club? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Jean Benet. Ramsey? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Because her name is Jean Boulet. I don't think I think of her as that girl that got hit with that golf club. (laughs) That is what happened. Some other fucked up shit happened to that girl. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Yeah. That's an entirely different episode. I guess so. Yeah, Yeah. but 14-year-old girl. We're talking about Jean Boulet. Jean Boulet. Jean Boulet. She was alone 
intending (laughs) (laughs) intending to her family's sheep when she was suddenly attacked and killed by the oh my god that was her dying yeah I know (laughs) however yeah no it gets way it gets worse yeah I'm gonna have to do this a hundred more times I know um (laughs) Now, at this point, it is sad to say that Jean Boulet's tragic death could easily be written off as an occupational hazard. From the sheep? Well, no, no, no. So, related to it, because she was outside alone in a field of sheep, which can attract predators. Sure, sure, sure. I've seen those Looney Tunes Mm -hmm. cartoons. Specifically wolves. Slyly coyotes. Mm -hmm. Uh, In rural areas of France at that time, there were a lot of wolves running around the countryside and throughout the forest. And generally speaking, although wolves do not attack humans and will go out of their way to avoid humans, the occasional wolf attack and subsequent death of a human can and does sometimes happen. What about that movie, The Grey? I don't. I've not seen that one. Oh, dude, fucking rules, man. Liam Neeson fighting wolves. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that sounds awesome. fun. It's great. Are they werewolves or just wolves? Just wolves. Oh, that's still cool. Just wolves. Yeah, that's like uh, there is a werewolf movie from the '80s called Wolfen. Oh yeah, they're not real were- werewolves. They're more like wolves, but that's still a badass movie. What about that movie where Jack Nichols Jack Nichols is just fucking twenty four seven, but he's a werewolf? I you know I, I never saw it. I think it's called Wolf. Yeah, it's just called Wolf. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't want to see it because I was like, you don't really need to do much to Jack Nicholson's face. Fucking sexy horny movie, dude. Is it? Oh yeah, <laughs> that makes it sound weird. I don't know. Now nah, you should get in there. All right, I'll watch it. <laughs> All right, all right, I'll watch it. You're gonna have to know the mysteries of the of the female form. You know, hmm. once you're getting back out there, okay, you should okay. watch Wolf. It'll teach you a lot. Uh, you know what? I'm 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 willing to learn. Yeah, I'm willing to learn. <laughs> okay. However, yes. On August eighth, just a couple weeks after the death of Jean Boulet, another girl was attacked and killed by the beast. Before she succumbed to her fatal wounds, her dying words were, "Oh, you killed me, you damn horrible beast!" <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, that was it. Horrible okay. beast. Her last yeah. words. Later in that same month... It's like the beginning of Citizen Kane, mm, but with mm, a werewolf. Yes. Okay. Could you imagine Citizen Kane with a werewolf? (laughs) Honestly, at some point, that remake will happen. God, anything goes nowadays. Anything goes. All right. But uh, later in that same month of August, a young herding boy disappeared. The The villagers... Mm-hmm. Eventually found his corpse, but were horrified to discover that his body had been eaten. Oh. Yeah. At this point, it starts to get oh. a little more gruesome. Oh, no. And things really start ramping up. In September alone, the Beast of Gévaudan racked up four kills. And from that point on, the attacks, mutilations, and deaths kept happening at such a nonstop and frightening pace that villagers no longer believed that this was the work of a wolf, mm. but rather something far more sinister and evil. And to understand the terror that was taking hold of villagers, it's and like especially big, like those... A big wolf. Could like be a big, a big wolf. Just a bigger wolf. Bigger wolf? Yeah. Well, that's how actually uh, later on you'll find out that... Well, don't, hey, don't spoil it for oh, me. Okay. No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> I mean, I've seen the movie, but go yeah. on. To understand the terror that was taking place, um, that was taking hold of villagers and especially those who had to work in the fields, over the course of three years from 1764 to 1767, it's estimated that the Beast of Gévaudan actually attacked over 300 people, killing about 100. Um, so that's about 8.5 attacks per month. That's two attacks per week if you divide it up over the course of three years. What was King Louis doing during all this? 
Well, actually, I'll get to that. Actually. Is he like the mayor from Jaws? He's yeah. just going to ignore this problem until no, it swims no. up and bites him in the ass? Actually, he did not ignore the problem. He was very proactive. He was unlike the mayor of Jaws. Okay. At I just, first. I just wanted to make this a At Jaws first. reference. <laughs> I always welcome a Jaws reference. Thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. It seemed as though the beast had a specific taste for certain victims. It targeted mostly women and children, especially those who were alone. And when it attacked, it did so with vicious force. Most of those who were killed had their throats ripped out, with many also being decapitated and missing their heads entirely. Lest we not forget that the beast would also eat its victims. Yeah. It should be noted that the decapitations were not clean cuts, meaning the removal of the head was not done as a result of a sword, but rather the heads were ripped, torn, and eaten off of the bodies. Yeah, no, it's not a serial Highlander out no. there. Just... That, that was actually one of the theories was they thought it could have been a serial killer. A quickening. They were doing a lot of quickening. But <laughs> there were there were no swords using the to decapitate. The heads were just being ripped off the bodies. Yeah, I mean, that would be course. weird if it was a serial killer, because it, it just kind of makes me think of... Uh, of that one scene in, in Holy Grail where John Cleese is just running forever with a sword. <laughs> like, like these aren't, these are farming villages. They're mm-hmm. far apart. There's no cars. So no. It's just a dude walking around with a sword, sword. cutting yeah. children's heads off. Yeah. That, that was an actual theory. <laughs> right? Like they're like trying to figure out cause there was just so many deaths. Yeah. They're like, it couldn't be an animal, could it? Because, I mean, that was a lot of attacks. 300 over three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's probably that damn chupacabra. Because it could be. Well, they're, they're native they came to up Mexico. Spain. Oh, okay. okay. I see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned earlier, newspapers in France were hungry for any type of article that could help to distract the population of France from its bleak reality. The numerous and gruesome deaths of rural peasants at the hands of a mysterious beast did exactly that. During its reign of terror from 1764 to 1767, Hundreds of newspaper articles were written about the Beast of Gévaudan. The beast became so popular that it not only attracted the attention of King Louis himself, but word of the beast even reached across the oceans, came here to America, and appeared in newspapers in Boston. Oh. It's fair to say... Hey, you hear about this wicked beast (laughs) over here? Oh, man. I... Yeah. Hey, Donnie. (laughs) What, Marky? What? I'm trying to eat my fucking cream chowder. I heard a thing. That's all I'm saying. I all heard right, a thing. What the fuck is there's a here? fucking beast over there. It's wicked beast. cool, man. I don't know what's going on, hey, but there's a beast over there. Wicked cool beast. I don't give a fucking shit. I'm good. God damn it, Donnie. <laughs> she get back to the new kids. <laughs> it is fair to say that this mysterious monster, a monster that was in fact killing and beheading yeah. and eating its victims, was a transcontinental sensation. Ah. I just like to say that word, transcontinental sensation. That's a Matt Berry word. That is. is. Yeah. Yeah. So, has to do the Matt Berry. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Come on. As, yes. As for the residents of Gévaudan, however, they could not ignore the fatal mystery that was plaguing the countryside. They needed to act fast in an attempt to save lives. So. Is the plot from Jaws. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Two men, a captain of the local infantry named Jean-Baptiste Duhamel, and a guy named... Fuck this name. (laughs) Fred. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think I get it. Etienne. Etienne Lafont, Mm. a local delegate, 
organized a massive hunt of the beast. This operation at its peak was so large that it attracted 30,000 men. <laughs> uh, they're going to die out there. <laughs> 30,000 men. And they were all hoping to be the one to bring the beast down because in doing so, yes, yes, one could earn a sweet reward put forth by the king that was worth an entire year's worth of work. Mm. That's a lot of money. Yeah. To kill one animal. Yeah. Entire year. It's crazy. I'll catch it. Yeah. I'll kill and, it. And all, a lot of these guys were soldiers. Oh, yeah. They were soldiers who were in that seven years war. Right. They were feeling like shit. They're like, I gotta get some money. I gotta feel good about myself. Seven years is rookie numbers, dude. I know. <laughs> it's good luck. Seven years. Yeah, fine. Um, so, yeah. You know, you got these two guys. Jean-Baptiste and some guy named Lafont. Okay. Yeah. Lafont. <laughs> Sensing some favoritism. (laughs) Jean-Baptiste and Lafont. They ran the hunt as though it were a military operation, laying traps across the countryside, leaving out poison bait. Man, this one gets me going. What? No, no, I don't mean it like that. Well, Eh. we'll see. Yeah. And even going so far as to dress some hunters as women. Oh. In the hopes of attracting the beast with human decoys. Yeah, yeah, Like it was like a prostitution sting. I kept thinking either <laughs> prostitution or Looney Tunes cartoon, like Bugs Bunny, you know? Because he dressed Oh, it'd be a, a shame lot, if you know? some beast were going to come and get me. <laughs> well, it never did. But like, like twirling. Like oh, a, yeah. And twir- like showing yeah. some leg. Oh, yeah. But it's just like a big French dude with like a big beard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but wearing women's clothes. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't work, though. No. No. I wouldn't expect it. No. Even though Baptiste and his hunters did encounter the beast, they did actually track it down and encounter it. They could not catch nor bring him down. The beast was simply too fast. Mm. Too cunning. I thought you were going to say too furious. (laughs) (laughs) Good. And upon sight, actually too terrifying for the hunters. So you're going to say... They needed a bigger boat. They did need a bigger boat, yeah. <laughs> With, uh, ma- many of the men, actually, when they would see the beast, yeah. they would start shaking. They were actually terrified <laughs> of what they saw. They, they couldn't shoot their guns. Because mm. this was... And those guns were like, shoot, unload it, flint, powder, powder. And you're like, oh, no, it's gone. Yeah. I was too scared. Yeah. Okay. Because whatever they were seeing was something they'd never seen before in their life. Yeah. So it, it, vis- it uh, uh, visibly was freaking them out. Right. Know? So, although there was quite a coordinated effort on the part of Jean-Baptiste and his numerous professional soldiers and hunters, the beasts of Gévaudan would continue to elude capture. In an odd juxtaposition, many of the locals became quite adept at fighting off the beast. Take, for example, the case of young Jean... Man, goddammit. The case of... That's my purse. I don't know you. (laughs) The case of Jean Portifax... Okay, yeah, I'm going to give yeah. you like a four on that one. Thank you, it's a tough one. <laughs> like, do you pronounce it Portifax, Portefe? Yeah, it's, Port- probably, it's probably something like that. Portefe, Jean Portefe. <laughs> yeah. On January 12th, 1765, young Jean and a group of children were out in a field tending to a herd of cattle when the beast emerged from a nearby forest and charged at the group. Jean and the group quickly huddled together and fended off the beast with some pikes that they were holding. Ah. In doing so, they scared off the beast and lived to see another day. Well, the, luckily, they had that stick fort there. They did. See, <laughs> I was on to something. And they could just pull it apart and use exactly. those as, as pikes. Stick forts, man. Dual yeah. function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a utility fort. Dual function. <laughs> <laughs> 
word of the bravery, of Jean's bravery. I poked it. Yeah. <laughs> the poking, it reached the king himself, who was so proud of what young Jean and the group had done that he actually paid a reward to all the children and then personally paid for Jean's education for the duration of his life. Nice. Yeah, so, I mean, a little more proactive than the mayor of Jaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Another amazing story of local bravery occurred on August, or occurred in August of 1765. A young girl by the name of Marie-Jean Vallée was walking alone to a nearby farm. As she was crossing between some branches in a wooded area near a small river, she turned to see that the beast was behind her. As the creature reared up on its hind legs for an attack, and that was a weird thing, yeah, a lot of, a lot of the guys were saying that it could get up on its hind legs and walk. I'm doing spooky stretches. You yeah. can't hear it as you a podcast. You kind of look like a raccoon, actually. I was kind of doing that, like, Dracula pose. Oh, I know. You're okay, doing the drag, cool. but Okay, cool. <laughs> raccoons will do the same thing. They do. Yeah. Yeah, they're so, cute, though. They are. I love a raccoon. <laughs> we get raccoons on the porch, and sometimes I really just want to open the door and be like, just come on. Do you have names for them? Um, I used to, but we get so many fat boys. It's just, you know. They're like a gang. Yeah. They're trash pandas, you know. Yeah. I always, like, tap the window and be like, hey, what are you doing? And then they turn around and they look at me and they're like, what's up? And then they just go back to, like... Jesus, the police. Yeah. No, they'll go back to <laughs> eat the food, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, they don't care. Oh, okay. But as the creature reared up upon its hind legs for an attack, she plunged a spear that she was carrying into the chest of the <laughs> monster. Hell yeah, man. It fell Yeah, backwards. I walk with that. That's just the thing I walk with. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah. A lot of people were walking with pikes and sticks sure, or... Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, spears. It's fine. They were walking with spears. Who knows when I need to make a fort? <laughs> Everybody should make a fucking fort at some point. A stick fort. Yeah. It builds character. It builds a fort, too. It does, you know. Uh, so she actually stabbed the creature in its chest. She get paid for anything for that? No, she didn't get paid. Is that because she's a woman? Well, no, but here's this, though. She, <laughs> she did get something pretty cool. Oh, okay. So as the beast fell backwards, it pawed at the wound. Exactly. Oh my god, my chest. <laughs> oh, an old Jewish chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm all verklempt oh, over here. Little girl just stabbed me. <laughs> and I, you know what? <laughs> it really hurts. It was really bad. It really hurts. I gotta go. Like, it's a stick, but goddamn. <laughs> it hurts. Oh, What you say? Has meaning. I know. So I started crying out loudly as I bled <laughs> and retreated. I retreated into the surrounding woods. And you know what really pisses me off? She stabbed me with a stick. Yeah. And then Marie Jean Vallée, her popularity and her bravery. <laughs> oh, transforming into Woody and bravery. <laughs> I can't do Woody Allen. I feel, uh, I feel weird doing Woody Allen. Okay, Jerry Lewis. Then. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Lady Raven! Oh, God. Who wants to see mom? Yeah, that's not Jerry Lewis. I don't know what that was. It's Professor Frank from The Simpsons. Yeah, I could do him, too. I can't. Yeah, I, I took your stick. This yeah. is my stick uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best part of the podcast. Just it this is. part, actually. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> she's popular now. Yeah, her popularity and bravery uh, actually endured so much throughout the years that a statue of her was erected in the town of Auvers, mm. where she is affectionately referred to as 
the, the maid- stick girl. The stick. <laughs> Uh, no, she was actually referred to as the Maiden of Gévaudan. Oh, okay, that's yeah. way cooler. Yeah, it is. Cool. It's cooler than the Stick Girl. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, you guys want to? Uh, you guys want to go meet down at the statue of the Stick Girl? <laughs> Do some hood rat shit. I love hood rat shit. <laughs> Look a little stick for about the stick. <laughs> I use the Stick Girl as a support for my stick for. It's a great support beam. She's got it's the stick. She got the stick already. She's got the stick there. That's the a, hell yeah. That is a good cornerstone stick. Oh my god. You a need load a bearing stick. That's a load. You can't move a load bearing stick. Yeah. Otherwise, the other sticks all fall down. That's true. That's right. stick math. That is. <laughs> and who knew I'd know about math? I know about stick math. You know a lot about sticks. Sadly. <laughs> fuck, man. I sadly do. Yeah, no, you do. You know, I, like sometimes I think like it's cool growing up on a farm, but then I'm like, I don't know, man. Yeah, you have no uh, no use for all this shit, you know. I could build a stick for it. Yeah, it's not gonna do me any good. You could though. probably clean a stall or two. Yeah, take the, care of some chickens. It's not. That's nothing to brag about, though. <laughs> <laughs> it is to these fucking city folk that are like, you know, we got a little, we got a little backyard. We I think get we're some gonna, chickens. Maybe we should get some chickens. We can have eggs. Oh, the egg prices. Oh now? my god, talk about pizza inflation. We're talking about the <laughs> egg inflation. Exactly. By the way, pizza update. Yeah. Tatino's party pizza is still holding at a dollar ninety nine. Yeah. Still holding firm. Dollar ninety nine. And it's before times price. It was like a dollar fifty nine, but two two dollars. I'm okay with two dollars. <laughs> Spiking those. Levels. Once we go over two dollars, yeah, I'm gonna start stealing pizza. I earned it. Gas is at three three ten. Is that good? I don't know. I don't own a okay, car. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't. Own... That's another thing. I gotta buy a car now. I don't. Gas? What? Uh, fucking gas? Oh, God. Uh, you make me so happy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> good. Oh, I'm glad. Well, now, let's wonderful. jump back into this shit. Yeah. Whew, it feels good to laugh again. Right? It's good. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. All right. Go for it. Let's bring it back down. Yeah, let's talk about the, the beast. That's fine. Jivaldun. Yes. Despite numerous hunting attempts, the beast eluded capture and the killing of local pe- well, I should say, and the killings oh. of local peasants continued. Uh, King Louis, though, was starting to grow tired of this ongoing saga. Tired of his damn saga. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, he sent his own personal bodyguard, a man by the name of Francois Antoine. Francois- <laughs> you went in with such confidence. I know. <laughs> I thought I had it. Francois Antoine. Tone. Antoine? Francois Antoine. <laughs> Francois Antoine. Yeah. Francois Antoine. Down he sent Francois. Down to the region of Gévaudan. To- I wanna I wanna give it to you. You yeah. haven't done any like <laughs> French things at all yet. <laughs> it's because you started me out doing the, the, the southern accent. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fun. I know. Francois Antoine. Francois Antoine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Francois. Oh, fuck. I opened Je up the floor. Francois Antoine. Le poupé pipi. What? Le poupé pipi. Francois. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Went down to the region of Gévaudan uh. to end the killings once and for all, aided with the help of his son. Francois combed the forest and countryside, and in September of 1765, he tracked down 
shot and killed an exceptionally large wolf. Oh. Yeah. He sent the animal's corpse back to Versailles, where it was stuffed and put on display as the Beast of Jebaudad. Convinced that the culprit had been hunted and killed, King Louis paid a handsome reward to Francois, and the people of Gévaudan rejoiced. This is just Jaws, dude. That's that first shark, and he's like, we gotta cut that thing open. Yeah. See if that boy's inside. Well, they didn't cut this one open. Yeah, yeah, obviously, obviously. But, um... (laughs) Yeah, and just like Jaws, guess what? Yeah, that wasn't the right shark, man. No, yeah, except that... Looking for uh, Great White. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, about this big. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Except that only two months later, the attacks, the killings, the mutilations, and the beheadings began again. And this time, they continued steadily for the next 18 months. Mm. And at this time, however, there was no aid from the king. King Louis was convinced that the beast was dead and all and on display in Versailles. So for the duration of those 18 months, the people of Gévaudan were on their own. King did not give a fuck anymore. Hey, King, go do something go about it. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> My guy's in Versailles, brother. I yeah. don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Oh, that's dang. A, that's exactly what a king would say. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, right. Go fuck yourself. I got the beast right here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's actually like a New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're going down into the New Orleans Yeah, territory. it's southern French. It's southern French. Yeah. yeah. La poupée. Yes. Exactly. So, after nearly three years of terror, on June 19th, 1767, a local farmer by the name of Jean Chastel, a farmer who is very familiar with the surrounding landscape, that's not a word. I know this landscape. Landscape. <laughs> surrounding landscape shot and killed the beast, ending its reign of murder, terror, and mayhem. Jack Ruby sent me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and oddly enough, after that guy killed this this beast, yeah. the killing stopped. Oh. Yeah, there were no more beheadings, no more killings. Mm. So, Jean Chastel seems to have been the one to have killed the beast. You get that money? Fuck no. <laughs> Francois got the money. Uh, Jean Chastel got nothing. Right. But now we get to the burning question. The mm. burning question, yeah. Brian. What was the Beast of Gévaudan? Um, like, I'm going to go off script here. What do you think? I mean, I think it was like some like feral wolf, right? Isn't that kind of the the, the, the idea? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was, that's one of the theories posed by many is that it, it was a wolf or wolves. Right. 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 Or a bear. I guess it could be a bear. A bear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think it's any kind of like mythical beast of some sort. You know, like I, I go back and forth on this because I'm going to talk about some of the descriptions of people who actually saw the beast. I'd love a Yeti or two. A Yeti you know? would be cool. I'd love, I'd love a good Yeti Sasquatch. Oh god, I'd I'd hug a Sasquatch. I love they love throwing rocks. Sasquatches throw rocks. It's yeah. fun, you know. And we'll talk about Sasquatch. Yeah, I feel like that should be like a special episode. Oh yeah, we're gonna be know? talking about Sasquatches. Yeah, that'll happen. Yetis and some Mothmen. Oh, we should do a Mothman. Love a Mothman. We should do a Mothman. And I have a theory of what the Mothman is, and that it was a real thing, with a totally legitimate explanation. Okay. Not some weird, crazy, mythical... Yeah. Well, I'll get into it. It's fine. We'll Mothman. Well, let's get into the Jevaldan Beast. Yes. 
So, to this day, we don't know, and truthfully, we never will know for sure what it was. Most experts believe that the beast of Gévaudan was actually numerous beasts, more specifically, like you mentioned, like a pack of wolves. Wolves, yes. Yeah. At that time, rural France had a serious infestation of wolves. And as mentioned earlier, wolves don't generally attack and will <clears throat> go out of their way to avoid humans, but... If there was an overpopulation of wolves, there's a chance that there simply was not enough food to go around to sustain large numbers. So the wolves would have to make do with the next readily available food source. They might have humans. also gotten used to eating humans because of, like, the war. Possibly. You know? Yeah. There's just corpses out there. There's corpses everywhere. Once they taste blood. There's no going back. There's no going back. No. no. But here's where it gets weird. And this is why I, I jump back and forth as far as to what the beast actually is. When we look at and examine the first-hand accounts of what was seen by the hunters and the locals of Gévaudan, even the wolf explanation becomes questionable. Jean-Baptiste Duhamel, one of the first guys to yeah. do the hunt, yeah. described the beast as having, quote, I'll actually just do this regular voice. Okay. Because it's, it's interesting. Yeah. This is where I'm just like completely perplexed. Bits are out. Bits are out. Bits are out. Duhamel. We're getting serious now. Yeah, very serious. <laughs> All the dead kids. No, fine. Four, four That's funny stuff. Four-year-olds are fine. <laughs> Jean-Baptiste described the beast as having, quote, a chest as wide as a horse, a body as long as a leopard's, and red fur with a black stripe. The other hunter, Etienne Lafont, was quoted as saying that the beast was, quote, much bigger than a wolf and... It had a snout somewhat like that of a calf. Very long hair, which would seem to indicate a hyena, end quote. Mm. Other hunters and locals describe the beast as having the ability to walk on its hind feet and that its hide could repel bullets. Okay, I don't think that part's real. <laughs> also, I'm imagining people like... Freaking out, right. and then the camera pans over, and it's just like a cute red panda. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> love, her, yeah. love a red panda. As far as the repelling bullets, uh, some of the articles, because I actually read a lot of articles, there were people that said they shot at it, and it didn't affect it at all. So they probably meant missed. that either missed or it was able to take a bullet and just walk I off. mean, they're fucking yeah. muzzle loaders. Yeah, they can't so. shoot multiple shots. No. And also, like, you know, wartime. Animal probably was just used to that noise at that point. There was uh, one weird theory that it could have been a trained war dog. Oh. Because war dogs would wear armor. Yeah. And that it could have been somebody's that basically attack war dog that was out just killing people, and that's why they couldn't shoot it. Because right. it was wearing armor. Pating, pating. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, it was also described as have having an amazing leaping ability and its eyes... Slippity slap! Yeah! Spring Hill Jack! Jump through that air. My dick is out. <laughs> swipe, swipe, swipe. <laughs> wow. Its eyes uh, seemed to glow with a yellow fire. It had yellow eyes. Yeah. So, another shared description that keeps popping up in numerous articles that I've read is that the beast also had a long thin tail with a tuft of fur at the end. Mm. So, based on those descriptions alone, it is theorized by some that the Beast of Gévaudan was actually... Growlithe, the Pokemon. A male lion. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, All right. More specifically, a type of male lion. Uh, there are mm -hmm. male lions that lack a full mane. Yeah. Like the African 
lion has like the you know the big mane like mm-hmm. I'm the king king of the jungle king of the jungle I think right I don't know who's the fucking king of the jungle <laughs> yeah 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 I'm king shit over here <laughs> um, yeah but typically the female lion is the hunter ah well here's the thing though maneless lions male ones maneless yeah. lions are sometimes referred to as savo lions and are generally far more aggressive than the classic African counterparts. Mm. And the lack of a mane is, is, is actually helpful for a lion of this type because this type of lion hunts within forest or thickets. So a mane oh. would hinder it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Savo lion, those are the lions that, uh, what's that movie about the, the two lions that were killing hundreds of people? Ghosts in the Darkness? Ghosts in the Darkness, yeah. <laughs> those, yeah. Were, those were Savo lines. Oh, okay. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Yeah. Dude, and Val Kilmer rules. That movie's awesome, which, by the way, <laughs> Ghosts in the Darkness, based on our true story about two Savo lions that yeah. were eating and killing people. Those lions are actually in Chicago. You can see them. Oh. Yeah. They killed them, stuffed them, and they're on display at the History Museum in hmm. Chicago. All right. Those actual lions. It's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. It's fun. Fun, fun fact. Yeah. So back to Savo lines. So in addition to a, the lack of a full mane, lions such as this can have a reddish tint and they can have a faint black stripe that goes down its backside, mm. just like Jean-Baptiste described. Yeah. And another interesting footnote, the area of Gévaudan that experienced the attacks was about 56 by 50 miles wide. That number just so happens to coincide with the hunting range of a lion. So, all right. So yeah. So taking all that into consideration, uh, the other thing is uh, people in France, they knew what a lion was, but right. they didn't know what a lion looked like. Yeah. Because they, they didn't have books. They didn't, they didn't have, have science, dude. They, they knew about the name. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have science. They knew of a lion. Yeah. But they had never actually seen a lion. So whatever this beast was, was strange enough that it didn't register to them that it may have been a lion. Yeah. It seems like a lot of the stories that we tell on here are mostly just people from the past who don't know what things are. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Quite possibly they're also drunk. It's You never know. Could have been just a bunch of owls taped together. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, that's a lot of talents. That'll, yeah. that'll rip a head off. Well, it takes a lot of talent to tie all these owls together. True. Yeah. I bet that last hunter guy, I bet he's the one that did it. You know, it's convenient that it stopped when he um, killed it, you know? Man, you are just jumping on some awesome <laughs> theories, actually. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I bet he was the one doing all the quickening. So, here's the thing. Yeah. One of the theories is that it was a hyena, actually, because uh. there were a few people who had exotic animals. So it's theorized that it, it could well have been a lion. Right. Or it could have been a hyena. The, li- the lion sounds more credible. More At this like, point, it does. Especially with size. Because hyenas are surprisingly small. Right. With the size, with the tuft on the tail, the black stripe down the back. Yeah. It sounds plausible that it could very well have been a lion. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the last guy who actually killed the beast. Yeah. There are some people who theorize that. That guy's sandbagging. That the dude. lion. That guy's crooked. The lion or the hyena. <laughs> yeah. Could have actually been his. That's a high possibility. And he was letting it kill people. And then he's like, hey, look what I did. I killed this animal. Look, yeah. I'm the savior of Gévaudan. Give me some money. And, they were like, and then Francois was like, bitch, I got the money. Off. Yeah, And the king's like, I don't Fuck fucking you. Care. Yeah, get a job, loser. <laughs> Could the beast have simply been a group of hungry wolves? Or was it an escaped lion or hyena that belonged mm. to an exotic collector? Or could it have been all of the above? Oh, 
Because there were a lot of killings spread out over a 50 by 50 mile area. 100 people is a lot. That's a lot for 100 one people, lion. And remember, 300 attacks total. Yeah. That's a busy lion. A lot of people think that it was more than one something. More yeah. than one animal. Yeah. As to what that is, that's that's the question. We'll never know. We'll never know if it was a wolf. I'll figure it out. We'll never know if it was a lion or hyena. I can read. I'll figure it out. Yeah, we're never going to know. <laughs> but... The story of the Beast of Jevaudan is going to live on, mostly because I'm not going to shut up talking about it. Yeah. I'm going to talk to you about it, yeah. and I'm going to talk to that person and this person. And Tom. And Tom. Tom hey, Tom. Son. Good job, Tom. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> Tom don't care. For such a weird and horrifying story, we're coming to the end now. Oh. Uh, I know. Sad times. Um, mm. But, again, that, that lion thing fascinates me, like the tuft of tail, the black stripe. Yeah. I can't, like, I'm leaning towards a lion. I'm leaning towards Lion as well. Which is just crazy. Crazy. It's crazy time. Crazy, crazy time in France. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. But for such a weird and horrifying story, the Beast of Gévaudan has had quite the impact on pop culture. And I, yeah. went, I went through a list of some stuff that oh. I was surprised. And some of these I just took straight from Wikipedia. So, you know, not to plagiarize, but I was running out of time. Um, my anime friends out there, my anime nerds, I didn't know this. The show My Hero Academia, which is a huge one. Kids love it. Kids love it. I don't know shit. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. It apparently features a student by the name of Juroto Shishinda. Okay. Who, yeah, it's a French name. It's totally French, yes. <laughs> yes. Whose power uh, allows him to change into like an animal mode. And so his name when he's in such a mode is Gévaudan. Oh. Yeah. Taking it straight from the Beast of Gévaudan. Cool. Uh, there's an MTV series called Teen Wolf. Yes. That's been out for a while. Yeah. So in the show, there's a character named Allison who learns in this, who learns that her werewolf hunting family was responsible for slaughtering the beast of Gévaudan. Oh. And then in a later season of Teen Wolf, an actress by the name of Crystal Reed, uh, returns as a special guest and portrays the character Marie Jean Vallée. The girl known as the maid of Gévaudan. Oh, the one who stabbed him. Yeah. Who stabbed the beast. Remember in the Michael J. Fox Teen Wolf when his friend Styles or whatever, Shades or whatever his yeah. face is, wears that t-shirt that says, what's wrong with your face, dick nose? Yeah, I remember that. That's yeah. a smart movie. It was a good movie. Yeah. It was pretty fun. Yeah. I saw that in the theater. That was a great movie. I maybe want to ride the top of a van, but I yeah. know that that's yeah, bad. Yeah. Playing you a guitar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's cool as shit. Yeah, hell yeah. That had nothing to do with the Beast no, of Gévaudan. but it's a werewolf movie. <laughs> it is. That's cool. Yeah. I love it. Uh, <laughs> here's another one. In October of 2009, the History Channel aired a documentary called The Real Wolfman. Oh, no. Real Wolfman, uh, which argued that the Beast of Gévaudan was not a wolf, was not a lion, but was actually a striped hyena, which mm. was a now extinct type of hyena that existed in Europe. And likely, as you pointed out, that its killer was Jean Chastel, the man who killed the beast and then the killing stopped. Yeah. So they theorize that, yeah, he was in on it. Oh. That the hyena was his. You say, like, he was in on it, like he was like, hey, hyena. Hyena. Yeah? Let's fucking ravage this countryside. Fucking, I love to ravage my own. And we're going to meet back here in about 18 months. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh,. You know, we'll compare notes. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to kill you, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jean Chastel. I did and learn. Break. 
Well, okay. <laughs> go to head somebody. I did learn that Jean Chastel actually was thrown uh, in prison for a while. Oh. So he actually had reason to get like... Um, I hate this country. No, no. He, he wanted to get back in the graces <laughs> of the church. Oh, okay. It was the opposite. Right? Yeah. But, you know, through subterfuge. Sure. Which is the opposite of being a good Christian. Yeah. Wait, but that... There, that well, that checks. Yeah, that counter. Yeah, okay. That's not real. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, but most likely, my favorite uh, pop culture uh, thing related to the Beast of Gévaudan is mm-hmm. the 2001 film directed by Christopher Gans, Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yes. This movie is badass. I saw it maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. I, I'm due for a rewatch. I watched it not too long ago, a couple years ago. I mean, yeah. not, not recently, but a couple years ago. Uh, I, I showed it to Katrina, and it actually kept her interest. Mm. Um, and in rewatching it, it holds up, man. Yeah, it is an awesome film. Technically, I've talked about it before. Brotherhood of the Wolf is a film that should not work. It should fail miserably because you got a bunch of French dudes running around the countryside trying to hunt a wolf. Yeah. You got a Native American guy who's there for some reason who knows Chinese martial arts. Yeah, that's awesome. Isn't that Mark Dacascos? Doesn't. Yes. Hell yeah. Doesn't make sense, but totally works. Looks awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of fighting in uh, rainstorms, like very much like Matrix, but cooler. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you got a lot of bunch of French foo foo fofos with the big powdered wigs, you know, like I'm a French man. Would you like to try some tea crop? Oh, yeah. there's a bad wolf out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a yeah. lot of characters like that. A lot Surprisingly, of not as many pikes as you would want. No, hardly any pikes. Not a pike to be seen. And Nary a pike in this the film. The beast in that movie is. It's like some CGI garbage, right? It is CGI, but I give it a pass because it's sure, 2001. 2001 yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. There is some practical effects in it, though. Like close ups of the beast's face, they actually have a practical. Mm. And in it, the beast is a lion that is actually covered in armor. Yes. Which is. And like viscera and shit. Yeah, right? really cool. It has like this jaw that when it opens its mouth, this mechanical jaw opens even wider. So it, it rips people apart. Yeah. It's a great. It's a great. Martial art action <laughs> period piece. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, those are words. Those are words to put together, but it's extremely accurate. It is, and it yeah. it should fail, yeah. but it doesn't. It works. No, it's great. Yeah, so it's awesome. Brotherhood of the Wolf is one of the best uh, pop culture items out there that talks about the beast of Gévaudan. Yeah, it's weird. You know, we could do a remake and just make it the uh, Jaws. It, it could just be Jaws, <laughs> but we're, we're chasing a lion. Yeah. But we think it's a werewolf or something this whole time. Who wrote Jaws? Uh, Peter uh, Billingsley? Peter Benchley. Yeah. Peter Billingsley <laughs> was the Christmas story guy. Yep. Um, do you, is this the birth of the werewolf? Um, is this where the werewolf idea comes I, from? I don't know. I don't I've think never so. looked into that. Because the idea of a werewolf, I think, predates... The Beast of Gévaudan. But again, when we talked about, we talked about the werewolf mythology in the first episode. And yes, but that was a lot to do with like werewolves and film. Right. And basically everything we know about werewolves comes from, from modern film. From film. Actual werewolf mythology isn't anything like this. It's just like crazy yeah. guys who think they're a wolf. Yeah, yeah. There's or, that, or think like... they're like, a, or can send their spirit out as a wolf. Right, like skinwalkers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think all of that mythology predates the Beast of Gévaudan. Because if I'm not mistaken, the werewolf of the universal horror variety, that wasn't based on a book, was it? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No. Although most of that stuff, most of the universal stuff, was based on previous properties. Yeah. 
Yeah. But that and the creature were like the only two that weren't. And remember, the Universal Werewolf wasn't the one that we know. It wasn't the actual first werewolf yes. movie. There was one six years prior, yes. Werewolf of London. Yes. So, I'm not sure how the Beast of Gévaudan fits into werewolf lore. Hmm. Uh, but again, the thing that I find fascinating about this story is that, I mean, yeah, there is lore as far as what was it, but this was an actual creature that yeah. killed a hundred people and attacked 300, yeah. which is, you know, pretty crazy. And it was uh, quite the, you know, I don't want to say worldwide sensation, but it was definitely transcontinental. Yeah. 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 Those guys in Boston. The guys in Boston, man, they heard about that wolf. Yeah. They hated that wolf. Yeah, fucking hate that wolf. I was gonna say that wolf was a jabroni to them, but that wolf a, is a jabroni. It's a jabroni. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> cool. Definitely. The jabroni of Javaudan. Yeah. <laughs> and that, my friends, is the episode. Is it fascinating? fascinating? Yeah. What did you think of this episode? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was good. Was there more info than you thought? There's a lot of info. Yeah. You I, did your work. When I actually, I, I knew, I've known about the Beast of Javadan for a very long time. And my first introduction to it was actually before Brotherhood of the Wolf came out in 2001. That was my introduction. Was seeing yeah. That. I had uh, read an article about the Beast of Javadan, but it was... Back when you were a wee child, back in the 1700s. Yes, exactly. <laughs> in, this, in, this, in the 1970s. Yeah. Now, um, it was actually, I think, I was in probably middle school when I learned about yeah. the Beast. But all that I had found was just an actual clipping of one of the, news, one of the original newspaper mm. articles. Yeah. And all it was was a little paragraph that says, Mysterious Beast has killed over 100 people in south, southern France. Beast has not been captured. Hmm. And it was really very nondescriptive. Um, and I should say that was like not the best article that they could have pulled from. Yeah, probably not. There were hundreds of articles written about this. Uh, yeah. In researching the story, I was actually finding a lot of really cool articles. There are a lot of artist illustrations and interpretations that oh. were done during this time frame. Yeah. That are really cool to look at. Um, so, I mean, it really was a, a popular subject that everybody hmm. was talking about. Again, even the king was interested in it for a while. I imagine you as a child reading about this and then you're like, gotta go fight this beast. <laughs> and then just a montage of you putting together. Sticks. Like a, yeah, stick mostly fork. sticks. Yeah. yeah, mostly sticks. Sharpening my sticks. <laughs> yes. You know, this is a good stick. Yeah. Yeah. Come here, cow. <laughs> uh, Run yeah. away. No, so... Uh, yeah, I, I, I like the story because it, it's it, interesting because there is a lot it's of real. It's real. There's a lot of yeah. fact to it, you know, and then there's a lot of interpretation. And, and uh, in this case, some of that interpretation sounds so crazy, like like somebody's suggesting that it's a lion. Like your first inclination is to say, fuck, no, it's not a lion. But then when you listen to the actual quotes of people that saw it. Yeah. Like, yeah, that kind of sounds like a lion. It's also I mean, you hear these random stories every now and then of like, like, animals in in places where they places. shouldn't be. Oh, well, recently in Chicago. Yeah. There was that alligator. Yeah. Yeah, somebody had a pet alligator that got too big. Yeah. And they decided, I'm just going to dump it in the local pond. Yeah. And it lived there for the summer. People, they named it and they had to catch it. Jesus I Christ. I forgot that what its name was and it was there for a little while. Yeah. But they eventually caught it and relocated it. So, I uh, mean, that happens all the time. A person I work with sent us all a video that she caught of a kangaroo just hopping down the road. Apparently somebody's pet kangaroo got out. Here in the States? Yeah. Yeah, it was in Indiana. Oh, in Indiana. Yeah. Well, that's weird. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. It's like it just happens. I that would, I think that one would freak me out. Like, if I saw an alligator, it's fine. But if I saw right. a kangaroo, that's In the odd. middle of the night, just yeah. like something dark, 
bobbing around yeah. a road. Also, kangaroos, they're mean as fuck. They are. They are. They got cute little faces, though. They do, but if you try to... They'll fucking punch you. Yeah. Oh, they will. Um, interesting. Wow. Strong little hands. Yeah. <laughs> they are ripped to the tits. Yeah. So, I... Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> I... Yeah, it wouldn't be surprising if if maybe somebody had a pet lion and it got out of control. Sure. And they were like, oh, oh let it go. Fuck it. Out there. Let it loose in the and forest. And then all of a sudden you start hearing, you know, reports of like beast killing children along the countryside. And you're like, boy, I hope that ain't my lion. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be my lion. No, no, no. That's coincidence. Yeah, right? Yeah. Ooh. So, pizza Jevaudan, folks. I want to thank you all for listening to the this episode about the beast. I want to thank you, Brian, for joining me. Yeah. Brian? Yes. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Any, any promotional got, stuff? No, I just got a lot of Mexican food in me right now. Yeah, I'm trying to good. get through. Hell yeah. Um, no promotional stuff, really. Just did a little print giveaway from the uh, last episode. I saw that, yeah. Um, I mean, by the time this is out, I'll have already contacted those people. But cool. That was fun. That was yeah, cool. Nice. You're going to do more giveaways like that in the future? Yeah, I think just whenever I got like extra prints laying around, it'd be cool. a fun way to get people involved. I keep thinking about doing a, a giveaway for this show. I'm not sure what to give away, though. I'm sure you got some prints laying around. Yeah, that you something, yeah. And I got to figure out how, how. Maybe something we've to... talked about at some point. Okay. You know? Yeah. Or we'll talk about a movie hmm. that you've done a print of. Yeah, I don't tie know. that in. Like I, I kind of want to make a fun contest, but then I don't want I don't want people to have to work for it. You know? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Yeah. Okay. Like I like being lazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. No cons at this point. Nothing booked yet. Okay. Yeah. Me neither. If I got anything, I'll add it at the end of this. Okay. Episode. Cool. Yeah. As for me, I'm just doing my same old thing. Uh, you can check Brian out on your Instagram, which yeah. is... Uh, at AeroSoulPro, A-E-R-O-S-O-U-L-P-R-O. And you've got your own podcast, which is awesome, called the Electric Monster yeah. Pod. It's on the same feed. I know, but in case... Yeah, I was like to throw yeah, it out Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. You know, so people can those listen to Those are all about movies, uh, horror movies, cult films, the such. You've been on a few episodes yeah, of that as well. I know. I'm looking forward to being on some more in the yeah. future. Yeah, we gotta. We gotta. Um, what about you? They need to talk to you. You got, you do drops and stuff. I do drops. I'm not really doing any, still, still no cons. Uh, I think I may in the end of the year do the Skyline Drive-In show, which is not until August. Yeah. Uh, but as for me, I'm just writing songs, playing guitar, uh, making art, posting on Instagram and doing a, 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 usually a sale every couple of weeks. I'll do a sale of ready-made heads. That's heads that I've already made that are ready to ship so that you don't have to wait three months for. Yeah. And then in, uh, probably in March, I'll do an open-ended sale, which means I will leave a listing open all night so people don't have to get in right at six o'clock to a order. A pre-order. Yeah, basically a pre-order. Yeah. So people have all night to order something. That will unfortunately take me three months to make. Are you pretty much doing those every three months? As usually two and a half months, it seems to be the right when the last one's winding down. Yeah, so every two and a half months, I'll do an open-ended sale. Gotcha. But about every two to three weeks, I'll do a very small sale of like ten heads. I've been enjoying that. uh, You've been bringing out some of the older designs lately. Oh yeah, there's a reason for that. And that is because I haven't had any time to really do the new stuff. And yeah. I, I need to make some money, so I'm no, just I pulling out that. No, I that was the case. But, but I, I'm... I, the, there are things I haven't seen the light of day in quite some time. Yeah. So and, that's cool. And the fun thing is, is I want to make them more collectible, so I'm starting to do variants and weird color combos yeah. of some of those old designs. Like, I'm doing a, an Evil Ash, which... Yeah. 
I did Evil Ash a few years ago, but I decided, you know, I'm just going to throw in some weird colors on this one. Yeah. And it looks pretty cool, and I think I have some interest. So, probably one of my next open sales is going to be the new Evil Ash variant. Nice. So, that's that, cool. That's all I got. All right. Yeah, that's so, all you need. I want to thank everybody for joining. Thank you for listening to M3 with E5, Mystery Monsters and Mayhem. I am Epion5. Brian Aerosol Pro is with me. I'm here. And I hope you enjoy this. And with that being said, tschüss, auf Wiedersehen und bis später. You want me to do the southern accent? Uh, you just kind of float in and out with okay. it. I'll I do, do think it is fun that if we if we do all the French with southern accents. Sure. Yeah, all right. <laughs> we'll do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay.